Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, uh, I want to get into the message uh, at some point today, so we'll do that now. Now's a good time, probably. And we're in week two. Now, like I said, we're, uh, we're watching this show, Messiah, and uh, it's powerful, at least for me personally. It's, it, it's such a, it does such a good job of giving you perspectives, different perspectives of how someone would interact with Jesus. Now, in this show, this character never calls himself Jesus. He's just known as the Messiah. But as we're watching it, you can kind of see in this fictional tale that it's very much representing what life would be like, how we would react if Jesus was here today in the world of social media, in the world of the CIA. The CIA is watching this guy like a hawk because he is causing some problems. He's leading people where he shouldn't be leading them. He's causing a little bit of social unrest civil disobedience and so to the cia and people like that we got to put we got to keep a watch on this guy and so we kind of looked at that a little bit last week and and talked about how our interaction with god is different depending on what we are bringing to that interaction right not everybody has the same interaction with god or with spirituality or with faith we're all on our own journey and so today what i wanted to look at is there's a, there, there, there's a part in the show where he talks about truth that he is speaking. And truth, when we talk about truth, truth can be very, it can be, it can be tricky. Truth can be tricky. At the very beginning of the show, it's, so, it, it's you know, foreshadowing. At the very, very beginning of the show, the main character, I can't remember her name on the show now. <laughs> I, I binged it a couple uh, weeks ago, and I can't remember her name. Does anybody know her name? No? Claire. Is it really? Okay, Claire. Yeah. It's the only way. <laughs> my parents, y'all, I, real quick, uh, my parents are living their best life. They're, so they're retired, right? And retired life now means you can watch as many shows as you want. And so what I'll do is I'll tell them about a show that I liked that has like four seasons. And then the next day, my mom is like, hey, I watched all four seasons of the show. It was a good one. You were right. <laughs> uh. So the main character, Claire, she, she's interviewing someone for the CIA, and she asks them about truth. And the guy says that she's interviewing, the guy says, well, there are different versions of the truth. And she said, if I believed that, I wouldn't have this job. Sorry, I'm not going to hire you. We don't hire people in the CIA that believe there are different versions of the truth. And then through the rest of the show... She and many of, their, of the other characters in the show are faced with different versions of the truth. And so I started to think about that for me and all the different versions of the truth that I have had growing up. And I, I remember talking to somebody one time, and they were trying to trap me into this thing. It was two people talking at a coffee shop, and they were like, Dom, can you please tell her, this is, you know, one of the girls that worked at the coffee shop. She's like, Dom, can you please tell her that there is absolute truth? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, just here for the cold brew, you know, not for this deep philosophical argument that you're trapping each other into. 
can you please tell her that there is absolute truth? And I said, well, I don't know that there is. And she did not like that because she had been to the heart before and knew that, you know, that I was a church person. I said, I don't know what there is. Everyone is looking into their own truth. Now, before, you know, you write that off, stay with me, just at least hang in for the rest of this message. And let me tell you what I mean by that. When Corbin was very, very young, we would split time with it, you know, he would be at his mom's house most of the week and then be at our house uh, every Thursday and every other weekend. And I had this thing in my head that I wanted to, as he was growing up and, you know, he was five, six, seven, eight, and, you know, kids when they're small, they're very impressionable. I guess we're all very impressionable, but kids for sure. And, and I had this instinct of I wanted to protect him. I wanted to protect him from things that were going to be told to him that were untrue. I wanted to protect him from people who would be frustrated with him when they had a short temper. I wanted to protect him from uh, anger and all of that kind of stuff. When he wasn't with me, all I could think about, when he wasn't at our house, all I could think about was, what, how can I protect him from all these things that he's having to deal with when he's not at my house? And then, one day, he's over at the house, and we're hanging out, and for some reason, I can't remember what happened, it did, it, nothing important, for some reason I had a very short temper, and I, you know, mouthed off to him. And I had this moment of like, man, I can't even protect him from myself when I'm getting angry. I can't even protect him from my short temper. So who do I think I am who's going to protect him from other people's short temper? It was, a, it was a truth that I needed to face. And I, and I, and I want to I ask you today, as we're, as we're kind of dig, digging into this, what are some truths that you have had to face recently? What is a truth that you maybe need to face that you haven't yet? And, and I say that because, like I said in this show, there's, there's a few times where this Jesus-type character, this Messiah character, says something to somebody, and it makes them extremely uncomfortable. What is it about someone exposing our truth, exposing a truth to us? What is it about that that makes us uncomfortable? Maybe, maybe you experienced a truth you need to face. Maybe one day you wake up and you step on the scale that you've been avoiding for a couple of weeks. And you step on the scale and you're like, Whew. let me take the shirt off. Step back on. Well, I better take my shoes off. Then before you know it, you're like, okay, yeah, that is the number. It's a hard truth to face. Where is a truth that you need to face in your life? Truth is difficult. Truth is hard. Why is it hard? There's a verse I want to read now. In this particular verse that we're going to read today, it's Jesus talking to some people who were following him. And I want to invite you later today or this week or whatever to read the rest of this verse or the rest of this chapter on your own because it gets pretty spicy. 
Every now and then you'll get a, a story in the Bible where Jesus is almost getting into like an argument with people. People are going back and forth and challenging some of the things that he is saying, and he'll, he, he's up for the challenge. He's challenging them back. And so I want to look at this. This is in uh, the book of John. And if you don't know, uh, if you don't know the Bible uh, that well, uh, it's no worries. We have um, four, four books at the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, these are uh, referred to as the four Gospels. They're four different accounts of Jesus on earth, some of the things that he said, some of the things that he did, people that he healed, teachings that he had. And so John is actually uh, uh, credited to uh, a credit as being written by uh, a man named John, who was actually a friend of Jesus. Okay, one of the one of Jesus's followers. Not all of the not all of the Gospels were written by somebody who was following Jesus. You know, one of them, like Luke, for example, was written by someone who was doing research about Jesus and put that together. So John, in John chapter eight. Verses 31 and 32. Jesus was saying to those that follow him, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. You might have heard it said this way, the truth will set you free. And what's saucy about the rest of this is, you know, like I said, you can read this on your own. After this, people are asking Jesus, like, well, which, what, what truth? What do you mean? And this is where we get in trouble. This is where we get into arguments. Maybe, maybe this is the reason why Christianity is split up into Catholicism and Methodist and Lutheran, non-denominational, because we can't decide on which truth is the truth. Maybe there are different versions of the truth. So I can go back and tell that person at the coffee shop, absolute truth, I don't know, what, do you, what, is, what even is that? What is absolutely true? Because something that is absolutely true for me is not going to be absolutely true for you. What is absolutely true for me is I need to keep track of the calories I'm eating because I will never do that on my own up here. If I don't write it down, I'm not keeping track of it up here. What is absolutely true for me, so that's not absolutely true for you. Your truth is different than my truth when it comes to your eating. Your truth is different than my truth when it comes to your driving. There's some things where I just, I, I don't like when, I don't like doing certain things while I'm driving. Sometimes when I leave my, when I, when I put my blinker on, I forget that it's on. You know who that bothers? Take a guess, anybody. Guess who it bothers? My wife. Oh, it bothers you too. She's like, hey, your blinker's on. And because I'm human, I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Meant to. I will eventually turn left. So 
There's different versions of the truth. So when Jesus says, if you embrace the truth, well, why doesn't he in that same breath say what he means? Which truth? Which true thing? Follow his teachings. How? In which way? How are we supposed to do that? What is the best way to follow Jesus' teachings? There are millions of churches around the world trying to figure that out every single weekend. <laughs> That's what we're doing here today. What is a truth that you need to face? I wrote this down. I wanted to tell you this. An uncovered truth in your life creates the space to change or to avoid, but never the option to unknow. When a truth is uncovered in your life, whether, whether someone says, hey, did you know that when you answer questions this way, it comes across as really sarcastic? Someone's told me that before a time or two. And once that truth is exposed to me, once that truth is told to me, I now have the space and the option to change my behavior or change how it shows up to other people, or, or I can choose to avoid that. But I can never choose to unknow that truth. Maybe I'll forget it down the line, but I can never unknow it. That's what's dangerous and scary about truth. Because once it's there, now you have to do something with it. Or you're the person that avoids truth. And I am that person many times. I have been that person many times. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. For the past four days, there has been a pile of towels on top of the dryer that I see every time I come in the garage and I'll say, nope. Anybody else? Didn't see it. Not right now. Not right now. I'll fold them eventually. That's how truth is in our life, right? Every now and then you're reminded of the truth. Every now and then I'll forget about the towels until right now. And I'll say, oh, yeah, I forgot about those towels. Guess what? When I get home, I'm going to point at them and say, nope. I don't feel like folding towels today. Maybe I will. That's how truth is in our life when it gets uncovered, whether something has said somebody or somebody has said something to us or we have a revelation, we have a, something that's like, oh, okay, that, I, I, I shouldn't be doing that. That's not good for me to do that. It doesn't mean it's not good for everyone to do that. Some of you know, there's a few different levels. Some of you know, okay, raise your hand if. You can never, ever watch scary movies no matter what because you know it's not good for you. Put your hand up. Okay, very good. Now, who are the people who you can watch scary movies, but you definitely can't watch them at night right before bed because you know it's not good for you? Okay. Okay, and who are those where, yeah, I can watch scary movies pretty much whenever because I'm not really bothered by them? Raise your hand. Okay, now who are the freaks who are like, I need to watch all of the paranormal activity movies beginning to end? Okay, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, so... So there's different levels. There's different versions of the truth. You know what is good for you. You know what's best for you in that. That is your truth. 
That doesn't make it true for everyone. It doesn't mean not everyone can watch scary movies. Okay, watch this. Well, let me ask you this. If the truth sets us free, if we embrace the truth, and embracing the truth releases more freedom into our lives, if the truth sets us free, then why, oh why, do we avoid it? Because I tell you, I need towels in my bathroom. I do. I need towels. So why, if I know I need towels, and I know where towels are, and I know they're clean, and I know they're fluffy, if I know where they are, and I know I need them, can you tell me why I am avoiding going to get them, folding them, and putting them away? Can anybody tell me that? Why? Why am I avoiding that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. The same is true of the different things that we face in our life. Maybe there's someone in, in, in your life that wronged you. Justifiably, justifiably they wronged you. You're, you're, you're justified in your being upset or you're being angry. And maybe you think, well, it'd be good for me to just forgive them so I can move on with my life. But every time they call, you ignore it. Or you know what's better than ignoring a call? Say, hey, I'm on the phone. Can I call you later? You know that little message? It's a little trick I use. So if you ever get that message from me, <laughs> that means I'm ignoring you. It's called privacy. If the truth sets us free, why do we avoid it? If, if it's going to be better for my life to have fresh towels in my bathroom, why am I avoiding it? Why do you avoid things that you need to do? Why do you avoid conversations that you need to have with someone? Why do you avoid changes that you need to make in your life? Changes you need to make to your morning routine? Why do you avoid going to bed when you feel like you know it's going to be good for you, but you just don't want to do that? Why do we avoid those things? I wish I could tell you. Sorry, the, these questions don't end with an answer I'm going to give you. Except it's up to you, it's up to me to seek the truth. To seek the truth in front of us. So when Jesus talks about embracing the truth, the way we can embrace the truth is by constantly seeking truth. So if I, if I knew, if my, my, my previous truth was, Corbin, when he's not around me, when he's, he's a tiny, when he's not around me, he's subject to anyone being frustrated with him. But at least when he's around me, I can protect him from that. And then my new truth from something happening was, okay, maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm not the hero I thought I was. <laughs> maybe I have some changes that I can make in my behavior as a dad. And so what that left me faced with is like, well, I know this isn't true anymore. Now I know that this is true. So now space has been created for me to change how I approach that or to avoid it. 
If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. Truths can be scary because it shows us that we don't have everything under control. And I love having the perception that I'm, un, that I'm in control. I was talking to somebody last night, and laundry came up again. Maybe I have something. I need to work out with a counselor on this laundry thing. But they were saying, somebody was telling me, like, haven't you ever heard of, like, the, is it, what's the, the wash and fold or whatever? There's, like, you know, a service where you can, you know, you take your laundry to this place, they wash it, they fold it, and you just go pick it up and put it away. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a dream. And I was telling them, however, laundry, I like doing laundry. And, you know, they scrunch their eyebrows and like, what, nobody likes doing laundry. And I was like, well, I guess I don't like doing laundry, but I do like, I feel like it's therapeutic. And I actually said this last night. I said, I feel like I'm in control of something. <laughs> Maybe I do have some issues I need to work out. I'm working them out here, so you guys are good with that. Truths can be scary because it shows us that we don't have everything under control. Because when a truth is exposed, maybe a truth that we weren't sure of, when a truth is exposed, now we think, oh, I, I, now it's known, at least by someone else besides me, that there is something I don't have under control. There's something I don't have perfected. That's why an uncovered truth can be so scary. So what do we do? What do we do if there's these constant versions of the truth, these different versions of the truth in our life? When our truths change as we grow up, when our truths change when we get married, when our truths change when we have children, when our truths change when we get a different job. When we constantly seek truth that's how we're going to be able to do this is by constantly seeking truth and when we do that it gives us the chance to constantly grow in our life and in our faith because when you're seeking truth what you're really doing is seeking things that are going to make you uncomfortable and what's even what's even odd was sometimes is backwards is sometimes somebody will tell me a truth they see in me that I don't see it. Somebody will say, Dom, you're a really great listener. I don't agree. I think I have room to grow. I think I have things to do, to fix. But maybe that's some false humility that I need to figure out. Because I want to be a good listener. So if I'm constantly seeking the truth, that I'm putting myself in excellent positions to grow my faith. That's what I want for you. That's what I want to challenge you with, is to constantly seek truth. Is there absolute truth? I don't know. But I know, I know that there is truth in your life that needs to be faced. I know that there is truth in your life that maybe you've been avoiding or putting off or forgetting, and then when it comes up, you're like, I don't wanna deal with that right now. I know that you have piles of laundry in your house that you are dodging. Not literally, I'm sure some of you are very clean. Metaphorically, it's a metaphor. 
So how do we do that? How do we move forward? We move forward by seeking truth. We meet truth head on. Truth is the hardest to hear. Truth is the hardest to face when it's sprung upon us, right? When it's pushed on us. But if we are seeking truth and we are ready, we do this incredibly difficult thing with our leadership team here at the heart. Every now and then, once a year, maybe twice a year, we'll get together and I'll ask everybody to prepare this. I'll say, I want you to prepare one or two things about me. And we do this for each person. So I'll say, tell me two things I do that really help the team, that really move the team forward, that really give us the best, best chance to be a successful team. And I could hear that all day. Keep, you know, come on. What else? What else do I do that's great? But then I'll say, I also want you to prepare two things that I do that hurt the team. Two things that I do that keep us from growing. Two things that I do that keep us from being the best team. And if there is one way to violently shove truth in my life, that is the way to do it. And every time it is so incredibly hurtful. I know what's coming. I, 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 well, I, I mean, I don't know exactly what they're going to say. Sometimes I do. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly what they're going to say. I'm, I know I'm just ready for something tough. Okay, look, I, you know, and I'm geared up. I'm like, and I'm so sensitive, y'all. I am so sensitive. And so somebody, you know, whether it's Birdie or Crystal or Matt, and they can, they, can, they can butter it up as much as they want. They'll be like, you know, sometimes maybe dumb, you know, just a little bit, you know, one or two times. Uh, it's not good when you make a joke about everything. And I'm like, wow, wow, good to hear this, good to hear this. And then, then I, then I retaliate and then I'm angry. And then I'm like, you don't know me, you know, and then all the emotions that you would expect. And then once I give myself a minute or two, and by a minute or two, of course, I mean a day or two. Once I give myself a day or two to stop being angry at them for even daring to tell me what they said, I can come back and say, man, I really appreciate you saying that and being brave enough to tell such a sensitive soul something that was hard to hear. Because how, how, how can I get any better? How can I grow in my life if I am unwilling to hear some of the things that I do that are hurtful to people in my life? How can you hope to grow in your faith? How can you hope to grow in your marriage? How can you hope to grow as a parent, as a child, in your job, if you are unwilling to hear difficult things for you to hear? I would say it's probably impossible for you to grow if you're not willing to be uncomfortable in seeking the truth. So that's what I want for you today. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for us. Let's seek the truth. The truth is going to be scary, so I'm, I, I can't say don't let it scare you because it will. It is scary. And the truth, depending on how exposing it is to our hearts and our life, can be very difficult to hear, but it's in that that we grow together. It's in that that we grow in our faith. So if you could, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for us today for this challenge. God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to grow in our faith.
Thank you for the truth that you expose in us that we can continually seek truth to learn more about who we are, about who you are, about who we need to be. I pray for all of us on this journey of faith that we can take bold steps forward and that truth, even though it's scary, would not stop us from growing into the faith that we want to have, from growing into the person that we want to be. So we love you and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.